I'm too short and I ain't no good. Maybe they were right about us. Maybe we don't belong up here. We start when I say so. It's Hoosiers. Welcome to The Center Cut. I'm Michael. And I'm Dave. And we have a funny boy with us. We do. Brad Howe. Now, Brad, before we dive in, take a moment. What should people know about you? Give us the deets. Well, let me say hello. Good evening. Happy fall to you guys. It's still going on. It is. Thank you. Mm. What should people check out if they if they like the sound of your voice? You know, I'm a, uh, I'm a New York City comedian, but a native of New England. It's where I, that's my home. If you like that good old-fashioned small-town humor, you're going to like my kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, I just uh, live in New York, do comedy, do stand-up, do some acting, directing, and uh, old friends of Mike. We were old high school buds. That is true. Now, I have a bone to pick with you, Brad, actually. So I love it. Uh-oh. The year is 2005. Heck our it. senior yearbook comes out, Superlatives. I was voted class clown, but somehow, <laughs> some way, you got voted funniest. Now, what the hell is that? A- why is there two overlapping categories? Those aren't overlapping. Well, the B is that means people just thought that I was an obnoxious wart, but you, like, you were actually a purveyor of humor. Correct. That's the difference. You know, I like to pop open the uh, the yearbook every Christmas when I come home. I'll start digging through my drawer looking for money that might be there. And I'm just like, oh, it is my yearbook, right? And I'll go in there. I'm like, well, what, what the hell did I do again? And I, go, <laughs> I will often come across the superlative section, which you can... Now that we're older, we can look back and, and acknowledge how ridiculous that is and a bit sad mm. for all the other kids who wanted to be in there. Some people got <laughs> voted twice. Yeah. Here, Michael <laughs> is complaining about being class count. Somebody could have wanted to be class count and didn't get it. Do you know how many nerds there are with gorgeous eyes? <laughs> <laughs> Do you know how many like, nerdy virgins like have a cool car, but they didn't get cool car because they just don't <laughs> hang out with the right crowd? Okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a good point. It's a good point. But still, I'm salty. I hope you get a thousand paper cuts and die. So when I go through it, I will often see that. Now, I am dangling a black suit jacket over my shoulder <laughs> with a dangling microphone like I'm Colin Quinn in 1989. <laughs> Not Colin Quinn, but like Gary Shandling or something. And I'm like, because I, I, even though I, I have yet to have any real success... I have like I was interested in comedy back then, and so were you. And so I identified with like being a comedian, and I thought that I was funny. Me, you, and a couple other friends were all very funny together. And uh, I remember when they told me I was getting funniest, I was honored. But when they said nobody else was, I was like (laughs) obviously ecstatic because I was proud. But I was like, this is a little weird, maybe a bit isolating. I took it on, and I was happy about it. But to this day, at least now, I can look back and go, that's. I don't know, I guess. I don't know. I'll take it. You should be wearing it with a badge of honor. Michael doesn't need a participation trophy. Like, he's an obnoxious class clown. He doesn't need anything. (laughs) He doesn't need any of that. That's fair. Now, Brad, you also have a podcast, right? Should people listen to that? Sure. Yeah, I have my own podcast uh, with my buddy, Sydney Hollis. It's called WKFM, The Lick. Find it on iTunes and Spotify and, I guess, 
Google Play if you're into that. <laughs> cool. Uh, obviously, I follow Brad on Brad Howe Comedy on Instagram. You can see some of his sketch videos and stuff there. So Yeah, I'm terrible with all this promotional stuff. So yeah, I'll do it for you. you, Brad. It's okay. <laughs> Thank you. But that being said, we're not here to just talk about Brad. We're here to talk about Brad's favorite movie, which is Hoosiers. Dave, what exactly did we do? Yeah, so we watched the first 15 minutes and the last 15 minutes of Hoosiers. That last 15 minutes picked up at 1 hour, 36 minutes, and 52 seconds. So we're going to recap the caps uh, here, and then Brad's going to quiz us on what happened in the middle. Now, you haven't seen this movie before. Correct. Nope. Have you heard, did you hear about it before? I know of it. It's in, like, it's in the zeitgeist. Yeah, I'd heard the name, but I wasn't familiar with this story. Okay, fantastic. Hoosiers, a.k.a. Best Shot, is what it's known in in some countries, came out in 1986, written by Angelo Pizzo and directed by David Anspa, probably butchering both of those names. Both of those were also, uh, they also worked on Rudy, so uh, they just do the weird, lame sports movies, apparently. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we fucking go. <laughs> Stars Gene Hackman. Barbara Hershey and Dennis Hopper. Now, it was actually nominated for two Oscars, uh, Hopper for Supporting Actor, and it was also nominated for its score. It sports an 89 on Rotten Tomatoes, and it's been named the greatest sports movie of all time, notably by Mike Pence, RIP. <laughs> Dude, it's the only reason why I voted for Trump. <laughs> Last, I'm in the voting booth. I knew this podcast was coming up, and I go, I got to do some of these questions. I start researching it. They go, Pence. I'm like, done deal. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Just kidding. I didn't have Trump. I think there's nothing else to do here, but get into the recap then. Go on. Let's get into it. So the first four minutes of this movie, Gene Hackman just rides around Indiana in a car. <laughs> here we go. It was four whole minutes. Is this the movie's subtle nod that Hackman likes anal sex? Like putting Barbara Hershey's name right over the highway, like the Hershey <laughs> Highway. That's what I took out of this first four minutes. Yeah. So a after his four minute ride across Indiana, he arrives at the school, Hickory, and stands <laughs> in the lobby, the whole school. I don't know. It's a very small school and admires all of their second place trophies. Brad, we brought <laughs> you in to do an 80s movie. And you pick one set in the early 50s? Fuck you. <laughs> it's made in the 80s. It is a period piece. We all know how Michael feels about period pieces. <laughs> I, I mean, there's no doubt I want some good old-fashioned hairspray in this thing. But, yes, it's one of my favorite movies made in the 80s. I, I want some bleach blonde hair and acid wash jeans on some senior named Cindy. And it's a movie in the 80s about high schoolers. But this is what I chose. I'm with yeah. you. Dave, you failed to mention Hackman's car. What is that newfangled bullshit on Gene's steering wheel? It looks like a shower head. Does he live in his car? Have you ever seen one of those? No. What is that? It's to help turn. A lot of like truck drivers and bus drivers use them because you could turn the wheel more easily. But he's driving a regular car and he's a strong man. What is it's a car in the 50s. Give him a break. I mean, maybe all he invented right. it. He's trying to sell them. I never thought about that. <laughs> there you go. That's good. I've just never seen it. So, all right. I guess Normdale steering wheel, steering wheel helper thing. So as he's walking through the school, he bumps into a teacher, Miss Fleener, who we learn it so is. Fucking hot. <laughs> <laughs> I guess for the rest of the people in the movie. Yes, I would agree. And she, she's just a bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> she really is. But they are yeah. 100% going to make some biscuits. And that's the country way of saying that they're going to sex. <laughs> Making biscuits. So what I like about this is Gene Hackman just doesn't put up with any fucking shit. Even at the end of this interaction, he's like, if everyone is as nice as you, country hospitality is going to get an awful name. What a dig. Ugh, I love it. And then he's just like out. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he arrives at who I presume is the principal, Cletus, who is the one who hired him. He explains that he now has a clean slate. I don't know what that means. He shows him around the school, shows him the basketball court, and they meet Jimmy, apparently this prodigy who is not currently playing basketball. Yeah. Now, they made up this kid's name because it is based on a real story, but it, his name could be anything because they made it up and they chose Shitwood. Chitwood. <laughs> Chitwood. Chitwood. Give me a break. Chitwood. Is that another nod to Gene's butt pumping? Yep. But it is. But here's the other thing. You know you're in a top-notch school when the principal's name is Cletus. Agreed. That's like a that's a school in the 1950s that obeys obedience from the students to stand whenever a teacher walks into the classroom. You know what I'm saying? Like when you were yeah. a kid. Good morning, Cletus. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone say hi to Cletus. Hi, Hello. Cletus. Hello. <laughs> morning, Cletus. Dude, imagine making love to a guy named Cletus. Yeah. His wife's got a handful. <laughs> Come on, Cletus, pick it up. <laughs> So after he hangs out with Cletus for a few minutes, Cletus just brings him to the farm that he's going to live on. What a gorgeous farm. It was a beautiful farm and they murder a bunny. So there's that. (laughs) They do. And then the two men walk off into the sunset and the movie's over. Like, what is with that (laughs) 20 second picture of them just walking off? It's so weird. (laughs) It's called cinematography. Okay, just a gorgeous (laughs) shot. So before they have that really emotional, romantic walk into the fields, Cletus explains to Coach Dale that Jimmy is like the best player he's ever seen, but isn't playing right now since the old coach died and he was kind of like a father figure to him. After this, all of the men in the town are gathered in the barbershop to essentially interrogate Coach Dale to figure out what his plans are, to set him on the right path, make sure he knows what's up. And he really doesn't give a shit about it. We meet George, some asshole who has been coaching the team while there was not a coach who tries to tell him what's up. And Gene Hackman isn't having it and just says, you know, see ya and leaves. These old white men have nothing better to do than sit in a barber shop at night and talk about high school basketball. Now, I like this scene a lot because it's very telling that it goes on and on and on and on forever. People still do this and it is pathetic. Maybe not in a barber shop. Let's take let's take the time period in the town. But white old men still obsess about sports in their hometown. I yeah. don't get it. Coaches, coaches, fathers. Agreed. My, my dad coached my sister's softball leagues growing up she played like oh, here we go school in high school and yeah. like all of the parents were just such dicks all the time like i went to a lot of the games and it's like people just constantly assholes it's like your daughter's playing softball fucking chill oh what's your dad's name jim let me guess they used to call him wave him in jim he used to he used to be the third base coach and he would just wave him in I'm talking a championship. Am I wrong? I wish. I wish that's what it was. <laughs> oh, <No>? okay. <laughs> They're old white men. Like, they should be running for president. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next morning, he's arriving at the school, gets another chat in with uh, Miss Fleener. 
seem to try to have a little bit more of a fresh start in the morning from their not so uh, exciting meet the day before. She explains that she's kind of taking care of Jimmy because it sounded like his mom is sick and his dad is has passed away. So she's kind of taking care of him for now. So she's kind of the gatekeeper for Jimmy, it sounds like. He arrives at practice. Him and George have a little uh, argument. George threatens him, says he's going to tie him up to a stake or some shit. I don't I don't even know. Send him down the moaning. Yeah, the moaning. I looked it up because I was like, what the hell is he talking about? So that was the name of a railroad in Indiana. and But it wasn't actually officially called that until 1956. It was just a nickname prior to that. So you know, maybe they were playing a little fast and loose there. Ooh. 1951. Wow. Get the hard-hitting facts here. <laughs> so George has threatened coach dale at this point and norm is just like you know your coaching's done get get the fuck out of here and he's so blunt at this point he addresses the team who is now seven players one of which is the equipment boy so he's shorter and doesn't really play he just helps him practice stuff like that apparently there are only 64 boys in the whole school which is like <laughs> the size of almost one of my classes in high school so yeah, yeah. so that's crazy And two of the boys are just talking through his whole little initial speech here when he points it out and addresses it. One of the boys quits and drags another boy out with him. That ain't no gizzard. And then that's where the 15 minutes cut off. I did some statistical research here because I was interested because they talk about how there are only 64 boys and like, oh, only seven out of 64. This is based rough stats in 2019. There were roughly seven million boys that (laughs) went to high school in 2019 freshman through senior year. Now, roughly 550,000 boys played basketball, which roughly equates to about 7.9%. Now, 7 out of 64 is 10.9%. So they literally are above average, bitches. So I don't know what they're complaining about. (laughs) I'm admiring both of you for your thorough research. I don't think that math is right, but it's fine. How How is that math not right? right, What What is wrong about that math? It didn't sound right. You said said it was That can't be right. You said it was 10 kids and they're above average, but these ones only have seven. So they're no, below no, average. No, no. 7.9%. Seven out of 64 is 10.9%. 10.9% is higher than 7.9. I understand. I understand where you want that. Yeah. You just didn't explain it very good. I also just yelled out, that can't be right either. I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I love I how you just said. jumped on the bandwagon there. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I like it a lot. <laughs> We're battling for funniest, you know. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's already set in stone. I don't know if you have to battle anymore. That's set in stone. Yeah. I have no, hu- I have no humor left in my body. It's just it's set in stone. Though. This is why you're class clown, because you fucking do math for funny <laughs> jokes. Uh, <laughs> boring at the reunions. <laughs> Serve punch and ask how they're doing. (laughs) Hey, Mels. Hey, Jasmine. You want to tell these lovely people about our show? Well, I sure do. We're the hosts of the Damn Fine TV podcast. A weekly show where two TV-loving ladies... That's us! ...bring you fresh insights and fun conversations about all things TV. The name of our show is a reference to Twin Peaks. Damn fine coffee. But we discuss a wide variety of shows. Everything from Chilling Adventures of Sabrina to American Horror Story. Westworld, Umbrella Academy, Lovecraft Country, and tons more. And now for the obligatory clip segment of the ad... What even are the tardigrade mysteries? I need a timeline! That's getting a trash flag. Who is in you? Confused? 
Better subscribe and listen to the show. We've got new episodes every Wednesday. Just search Damn Fine TV wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll be there. And come hang out with us on Instagram at Damn Fine TV. We share TV news, celebrities that make us thirsty, and have fun polls. And if you're watching TV, make sure it's Damn Fine TV. <laughs> Moving on. So... The second half of the movie, or not the second half, but the last section of the movie started at one hour, 36 minutes and 52 seconds. And it starts with some boys in white singing the word brave, which I have to assume is the end of the national anthem and not like a futuristic preview of that Sarah Barry Ellis song that they used in Microsoft tablet ads. (laughs) (laughs) Now, we go back to the locker room for Coach Dale's final preparation with his team who we now have learned are the huskers the hickory huskers why is this movie called hoosiers i did some research so of course really nobody knows is what it boils (laughs) down to there literally is not there's not a set in stone answer of what a hoosier actually is they the predominant thought or or at least one of the predominant thoughts is that it was back from i don't remember the time frame it was like early 1900s people would call out for like political campaigns in that area and then it'd be like who's your doing like who's your guys doing i I don't know like i felt like i was in the time period just now you really sold it at any rate the hickory huskers is what they're called and i could not dream up a whiter name if i wanted to yep (laughs) the duluth toaster strudels or the litchfield little dicks So, coach tells the team to watch out for number 15, Boyle, as he's the opponent's best player. And one of the players on the Huskers, this is what's tough. Like, every kid looks exactly the same. Brad, they all look like they could be your brother. If they didn't fucking have numbers on their jersey, I would have had no idea who anyone was. That is something, as I've watched it over and over, I will forget certain names. Besides the the small guy, Ollie, they're too, too much of the same. There's one kid with dark hair. Everybody else is like a twin. Yeah. Yep. Which, I mean, they're in Indiana, so they're probably all related anyway. Yeah. Exactly. They really sell it, you know? Yep. (laughs) Anyway, this kid utters, I imagine, a line that like real life underdog sports teams have watched a thousand times in motivational videos. Let's win this one for all the small schools that never had a chance to get here. Mm -hmm. Just so uplifting. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Now, another kid wants to win for his dad. Is that Shitwood? No, that was not Shitwood. No. no. Okay. See, I don't know. I can't tell. And another kid wants to win it for coach. Well, I'm looking up all their names so I can reference this later. <laughs> but uh, I think the kid who wants to win it for coach is the one that walked out at the beginning. I don't think he came back. I, I think it is the kid from the beginning that walked out. So he must have come around after a bunch of montages in the middle of the movie, like the coach working him like a mule in practice and showing him what it is to be a disciplined man. Nope. I think that kid died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. Brad, will you tell us? The kid Wit gets kicked out with Buddy in the beginning. Okay? So Wit's the one that followed Buddy out, right? Yes. I know Half- Gizzard. I remember it's that never explained. Buddy does come back. Called it. Wit just shows up in the middle of the movie towards their championship run. And it's never explained. He just is in the huddle at one scene. <laughs> and then by the time you see this, you're like, wait, what? And that confused me for the first like four times I saw it. I'm like, wait, I just, once again, they all look the same. So I just accepted it. (laughs) I'm just like, oh, he's there again. Hmm, And so for him to have a say in this, to him to even have words, (laughs) Gene Hackman should have backhanded him and made him do push-ups military style. (laughs) All right. 
So another kid pulls a Kaepernick and kneels in the locker room. And <laughs> then these two preacher guys come in and one of them recites a line about David beating Goliath, which is obviously fitting. And coach huddles the guys up, tells them he loves them, and they shout team. Now, sports fans, not sports fans, that is a touching scene. It is well acted. Gotcha. So sports fans, not sports fans. How do you feel about pedophilia? Gene Hackman. In his career, what an actor. I must say, like the movie, hate the movie. A great actor. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fine in this. I, oh, yeah. I, I like oh, him. here yeah. we go. I, I liked him. I said, fine. Fine's a good thing. Like, right, I fine. think he... <laughs> Fine's a good thing for, for Michael. Yeah, Dude, yeah. I was in college, faked my own name and age, and went to a local high school and tried out again after that speech. <laughs> I mean, that was inspiring. I served six months for faking who I was as a human being just to get on a team again. Love that scene. All right, go on. So it's time for the game. Now, the South Bend Bears look much better and, might I add, much more diverse in ethnicity than the Huskers. Mm. They The play starts, and I don't know about this audio choice. So there's like a slow drum-heavy music. God, but the score. the normal crowd noise has been turned way down and, and it's put into like an echo chamber. Mm-hmm. But it's like also like a separate audio track playing faintly in the background. It's, it's kind of weird the way they do it. But the loudest of all the noises front and center is the grunts, groans <laughs> and breathing of the players. Yeah, they really mic'd them up. Yeah, yeah. If if you removed the crowd noise and made me close my eyes, I one thousand percent would think I was listening to gay porn. <laughs> yeah. Hands down. Oh, ah, oh, shoot it, shoot it. I'm shooting it. I'm shooting it. Uh, did my ball go in? Put it in. Put it in. You're dribbling. You're dribbling. There's actually an. There's actually a, a story behind this. The boom mic guy couldn't stop getting hard on. They had to let him go. <laughs> <laughs> No way, no way. Yeah. They said, you know, granted, this is not only the 1980s where, you know, we are moving, you know, I don't know the progression of open gayness, but, you know, maybe 60s, 70s, sexual awareness is coming more. People are going to become more old. 80s, they were like, still like, oh, geez, geez, Dave, we just, we just lower that thing. And then also it's a period piece about the 50s. Like, they, they didn't exactly have Premiere Pro where you could zoom in a little bit on the shot. That dong was poking in every shot. <laughs> Damn, boom, my guy. I still don't know if you're being serious or like if that's a real <laughs> factoid. Or <laughs> we'll never know. Yeah, I believe it. But it, like, it also goes slow motion at times, and all the we time just watch basket yeah. after basket sinking this goes on for a bit too and we see south bend i, I tallied it up we see them score 10 points and we don't see hickory score any points in this montage and you know eventually because of that coach calls a timeout during this timeout we see that somebody in the crowd is holding up a sign that says our hickory don't crack that sucks <laughs> even for the 50s like that's a horrible yeah, sign i don't even understand what that means he wanted to make a sign that said bears fucking suck <laughs> <laughs> But they were like, yo, like, we don't do that yet. You gotta wait till your kids are in high school to do that. Uh, Fucking yep. bears suck. <laughs> just some, just sure. got a typical 2020 sign. Yep. 
The guys are all defeated until Coach gets their heads back in the game and comes up with a plan to start having Shitwood try to score. Like, why wasn't this their plan all along? Why are they wasting their best player? I don't get it. That I agree with. I, that I agree with. Like, yeah, why is it like, all right, time to time to switch up the plan. Let's have our best yeah. player play. Like, wh- what? Yeah. I don't know. That did not. You're right. That never makes sense. He's trying really hard to sell like the one one player doesn't make a team type of mentality even with the final play call too it's almost like a coach knows like his team has now become better than him but he wants that power yep. mm-hmm. like oh maybe they got here be- without me he's like well i want to still have a say even if it means sabotaging this team i still want to have a say mm-hmm. yep that, that's what i got out of it but uh the guys are really turning it around now and george the jerk from the beginning of the movie he's even cheering and uh, the music's changed now the music is much more upbeat and triumphant and gone are all the man grunts and i, I like the music here it is it makes you makes you want to score yourself yep. and <laughs> we literally watch hickory score 34 points worth of baskets i tallied it up we literally see 34 points being scored which is pretty crazy for a movie like i literally had to watch half of a real basketball game in the middle of this movie and we also see 10 points for south bend so literally we see 44 points scored that that's crazy the ending score i think there's only 80 points in total or or 82 or something like that between the two teams so that's like a good chunk of the entire game yeah yeah yeah. now which in some way you might be able to appreciate because sometimes in sports movies they just show you a couple things. It moves on. It's over. They give you a little something. They give you a little substance. Yeah, that's true. I guess I guess I wasn't expecting it. But, it, but when you frame it that way, I did like it. It's true. We all know where this is going. Give me a little tension. Give me a little mm. give me a little games. Here. Yeah, we see a lot of armpit hair and a lot of short shorts along the way as well, which I'm into that. Man, those gold short shorts. <laughs> we uh, we get a score update. 40 to 34 bad guys with two minutes left to go. So hold on. We saw every single point. That Hickory scored in that Correct. montage that you every single point that they scored. Wow, yep. interesting. This yep. is detailed. I love it. And Shitwood hits a shot. Now they're only down by four. And our guys shoot again. They miss, but then they steal the ball and make another shot to go down by two with 33 seconds to go. There's another steal, and Shitwood sinks another shot to tie the game. The announcer calls it a barn burner, but bruh, it's 40 to 40. Like, that fucking sucks. Wh- what the hell have they been doing all game? Is like, that typical for high school? Honestly, ish. Yeah, a little bit. I played basketball and rode that bench. <laughs> and they were usually in the 40s, maybe 50. And this is before three-pointers. That's true. It mm. is before three points. I didn't factor that in. Okay, I'm wrong. So there's another steal by Hickory and an immediate timeout. Which is smart. I gotta give I gotta give the coach some credit there. That was smart. Now the coach wants to use Shitwood, clearly the best player, <laughs> as a decoy and have Merle take the final shot. Yeah. And the team's like, nah, dude, that's garbage. Like, what are you doing? And he's like, All right, fine. Shitwood it is. He actually doesn't even he doesn't even realize that he made a mistake until he asks him like six times what's wrong with them. Come on! Tell me what's wrong with you. Yeah, I, I think the moral of this movie is that the coach actually sucks. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. You should go back to the Navy. But yeah, we cut to some guy sitting in what looks like a hospital in his pajamas listening to the game on the radio. No idea what that's all about. There are 19 seconds left, but that's not actually true because like most sports movies, they play fast and loose with the time. For instance, the clock here, it goes from 15 seconds to six seconds in the span of 19 real life seconds. Where the hell did those other 10 seconds go? Well, there's a lot of slow motion in there. No, that was all regular motion. No, there was extra slow motion. You just didn't see it. Mm, mm, uh, there's a little, but not a lot. Not 10 seconds worth. 
Anyway, it's a sports movie thing. I get it. But Shitwood drives, pulls up with two seconds left, and sinks the shot. Huskers win. Wowzers. Bedlam on the court. Bedlam. Two thoughts going through Gene Hackman's head there. One, I've redeemed myself. I'm a champion once again. And where the fuck is Barbara Hershey? (laughs) Dude, he's texting her from the bench. Be like, my house, 20 minutes. I'm going to crack a six pack. I'm going to down it all real fast and meet me in the living room. We're doing it in the living room because I don't have a bedroom because I don't make enough money at this school. (laughs) Meet me at the barn that I live in. Yeah, it's a true story. Now, the hospital PJs guy is excited, and the grumpy woman from the beginning, Miss Fleener, she hugs a lady. Don't know who that lady is. And the African-American players and coaches from South Bend writhe around on the ground as losers. It's not a good look, I'm going to be honest. (laughs) If you look at it, they're kind of like laughing, which is probably just an editing mistake, or maybe they couldn't get these guys to act like they really lost. Maybe like, I get it, it's just a movie. They're like laughing. Well, they're also, they're just surprised that they got beat by white players in the 50s. Sure, yeah, sure. Yeah, they were like, whoa, okay. <laughs> They're like, oh, by the way, guys, this is like the state, but we're going to like nationals now. Yeah. <laughs> it was like a little <laughs> preliminary game. The uh, the crowd lifts Shitwood and mean Mrs. Fleener and the coach share a stare from across the gym full of sexual tension. So hot. And we fade out from the packed gym and into a field of wheat or corn. I'm not a farmer, so I don't know. And then we fade back into an almost empty hickory gym. From the beginning. Now, we oh. hear some audio clips of parts from earlier in the movie, like when the coach meets Shitwood. Uh, but we see a young boy, maybe 8 to 10, shooting a basketball repeatedly. The camera pans up to a large framed picture of the Indiana State Champs 1952, complete with the eight boys in Coach Dale. We pause for a moment and hear Hackman say, I love you guys. One more time before it fades to black. Don't forget the other one. You said that the boys and I are getting to know each other, see who we are and what we can be. <laughs> I don't know if Sleepaway Camp has ruined life for me, but man, man, oh man, this screen's pedophilia to me. When you say Sleepaway Camp, you mean the movie and not just like you weren't molested at a camp when you were a kid, right? Both. Okay. What I really thought was like a Navy man loving boys, like that feels like a sequel just waiting to happen. Like the hunt for Red Cocktober. This guy has been out at sea for years. He finally gets up. He's like, you know, I'm going to meet a woman. And he goes and meets the only woman of his age in town, kind of, Barbara <laughs> Hershey. That's a that's a wife who tells you it's bedtime. <laughs> <laughs> Just owns you. Yeah. So who is that kid? Shooting at the end? I had no idea. Is it? So this is the future, obviously, because we see the framed picture. But is it like, it's not baby Shitwood, right? I assume it's just a... Just some rando huge, kid? Yeah, just another kid. Who just the next school. Jimmy Shitwood? What if it's like a little a little Coach Dale and, and Miss Fleener? Mm, yeah. You can't have babies when they're doing their butt stuff. That's you can't true. make babies that way. I have to imagine that is a kid and his dad go to the gym and they make the janitor wake up early so he can take free throws. Mm. He's like, Fuck. It's a Saturday. It's like my kid wants to be the next Jimmy. And I fucking let him and I'll give you 20 minutes. I named him Jimmy. What happened? To, I never thought about what happened to all these guys after. They probably just lived in town at the barbershop. I don't know. Yeah. Usually yeah. with this, yeah. with these types of movies, there's a Jimmy went on to be the best player on his college team. Yeah. And then he opened an insurance company. Wit got arrested for drug possession. <laughs> yeah. He continued to pop up whenever. <laughs> Ha <laughs> 
The monster blood changed direction, still bouncing and quivering and leaving white stains on the grass like enormous round footsteps. Joe, stop reading it. This is too scary for me. You're right. It is too scary. If only we could talk about goosebumps in a way that isn't scary. Well, guess what, nerds? There might be a podcast like that called Geesebumps. Geesebumps? Did you mean Goosebumps? Maybe. Geesebumps is a comedy podcast based on the works of R.L. Stein, hosted by me, Danielle. PhD. And me, Jojo PhD. And me, Jeff, regular person. Featuring goofs, funny voices, and the occasional critical thought. Geesebumps! Available on Podbean and everywhere else podcasts can be found. <laughs> yeah, so that was Hoosiers, but. We don't know anything about the middle. So this is the perfect time, Brad, for you to flex your Hoosier muscles and quiz us on some questions that we would be able to answer if we had watched the middle. Maybe. <laughs> That's debatable. Okay. But can I ask you what you think so far? Of the movie? Yeah. For what it is, a sports movie, a feel-good sports movie from the 80s, I think it is adequate at doing that. I would rather watch this than Airbud. And to me, that's sure. a victory. Are you fans of sports movies or was this a burden? I'm not normally a fan of sports movies just because they usually they're feel good. They're I don't know. I don't like watching. I don't like watching feel good. So the only sports movie that I like, and it's I mean, it's a borderline sports movie is Kingpin. And it's because it flips that trope. It's a, a bowling movie and he actually loses at the end. Yep. So I, I enjoyed that so much because it's like you don't expect that. Good call. So that that's my only that's my gripe with sports movies. It's like you sure. literally know he's going to sink the shot and they win. And then, OK, sure. I mean, what am I waiting for here? <laughs> sure. Yeah. I almost feel like it would have been better if they went with the coach's play and it was wrong and it <laughs> taught him a lesson and like they lost and it taught him a lesson in like humility and making the right choices. Sometimes sports movies almost have the feel like when you're at Best Buy and you're like, am I going to buy this DVD without even seeing it? I know where it's going. You're like, fuck it. It's got deleted scenes. Like You're like, let me just see what else they did. Let me just see what else they came up with. You know where it's going. Let me see. I would echo Michael's sentiments. It, yeah, it was it was good for what it what it is. I don't know if I would have called it the best sports movie of all time. but All right. Well, so the man in the hospital is Dennis Hopper, who mm -hmm. was nominated. And all he gets in the first, in 30 minutes of the movie is literally two scenes of himself in pajamas and he wins yeah. an Oscar for that. All right. Yeah. Must loom large in the middle. <laughs> he is the father of, I'm going to reveal something else quickly about myself here. I like movies. When I say this is my favorite movie, it might be. But amongst others that are also my favorite movies, I like don't know all the details all the time. That's who I am. Like I'm already looking up like, who is this guy's name again? <laughs> <laughs> Once again, because there's so many players and they look the same. I'm like, yeah, of course, we know Jimmy. I always remember Buddy. The kid, I'm looking it up, it says Everett. The kid's name's Everett. Anyways, D Dennis Hopper has an alcohol problem. He is the town drunk. Everybody knows him as the town drunk. They make fun of him. Everybody's ashamed of him. Of course, his son is very much too. Now, Dennis Hopper has a, a drink of choice that is very, very crucial to the rest of the storyline. What is his favorite drink? First of all, I'm I'm surprised that he is the father of Everett. I was actually going to go for a twist here. I thought he was going to be the father of Shitwood. And the town was covering up his alcoholism by saying that his oh, dad was dead. But really, he's just a deadbeat sure. alcoholic. But that's that not bad, apparently. Crazy. So 
That being said, I think that his favorite drink is the lyrics to that Chumba Bawamba song. He drinks a whiskey drink. He drinks a vodka drink. He drinks a lager drink. No, I think that it is something with a Midwestern flair, like a Bloody Mary or Close. a mint yeah. julep. Okay. Yeah, I I feel the same way. Moscow Mule is my guess. Oh, a little class to it. Sure, sure, sure. What's the real answer? Bud Light Orange. <laughs> This guy is swinging by every liquor store like, hey, you guys got Bud Light Orange? <laughs> and they're like, fuck yeah, we do. Nobody buys that shit. <laughs> so he goes through. He gets a bunch of Bud Light Orange. And he sells them for five bucks a pop to the kids. And he gets drunk. <laughs> All right. That's the answer. <laughs> that's really no. great. And you're thinking, well, how does this play into the rest of the script? Well, he shows up drunk at another game. Nobody wants Bud Light Orange from the concession stand, so he buys them all up. All right, that's that answer. What's the real? What's the real drink, though? I don't know. He just drinks. I think I, I would imagine a man. I would imagine a man in the fifties uh, drinking whiskey. Yeah, tricky bourbon. bastard. Yeah. You tricky bastard. I like it. So it's probably yeah, it's probably a bourbon or a, a Jack and Coke, a Bloody Mary. All right, we nailed it. I feel comfortable with our answer. Yeah. Gene Hackman is now a teacher at the small school. What does Gene Hackman teach? So I. Th- think they mentioned this in the first 15 minutes unless it may be changed after so they said history in the in the first 15 and civics um, and civics yeah but i could also i I feel like there's a twist to this so i'm gonna say (laughs) p.e i mean do you have to teach a class if you're gonna be a high school coach is that a is that a rule i don't think it's a rule but in a small town like this they're not going to pay the money to have someone come and coach so yeah i think history and civics that's what it is well they both wrong again he teaches sex (laughs) and you're thinking oh okay uh sex ed or christian sex ed no he teaches sex and he doesn't tell the other teachers about it so these kids walk in like excuse me sir what is sex (laughs) and he demonstrates in front of the class and he teaches the kids how to have sex through their PJ pants because that's what they do in the 1950s in, in, in Indiana. Okay? That makes sense. But also history and civics. Yeah, that's what he calls it. <laughs> that's what he calls it. Makes sense. Yeah. All right. Nailed he it. He does. He's horny. He's been on a ship. He's yeah. not exactly, you know, this is not right, but he's doing. Here's a real question. Here's a real question. Chelsea Ross, who plays George as a coach, as you know, before Gene Hackman takes over. What other sports movie is he in with the same music composer? I think this one I actually know. Yeah, uh, it's so. got to it's got to be Rudy. I know mm-hmm. too. I know it too. It's the only other sports movie I've ever seen aside from D two Mighty Ducks, and I, <laughs> I don't think it's that. So process of an elimination, it's got to be Rudy. Nope, Basic Instinct. Yeah, that's what it is. You were thorough in your research, so yes, yeah, yeah. you said that before. I thought I'd just say it anyway. Yeah, Chelsea Ross was in Basic Instinct, and uh, the same composer is the one who did the music for that movie too. Really? Mm-hmm. All right. Where do all the teenagers drink after the games? Hmm. Let me go further. Which one of the players' house do they party? Okay. After the games? So whatever that kid's name, who Dennis Hopper's son, would make the most sense, I feel. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> or Jimmy, because his mom is sick and his dad's dead. It really does. I mean, all humans, but especially teens, will drink literally anywhere. Like, it doesn't need to be fancy. Sure. Me, for I, in college, uh, I used to drink out of my roommate's best friend's prosthetic leg. So, like, <laughs> it do- doesn't matter. You could, you, if there's drinking involved, it doesn't matter, matter where it is. That's gross. No, I mean, it, we cleaned it first. No, so, I think... gross. I think that it's it's got to be Hopper's son, which we said is Everett, or maybe the little short kid Ollie, because ah. 
uh, he doesn't, you know, he's not sweaty after the game because he just uh, he just rides the bench. So that is correct. It's Ollie. Oh, Ollie. It is Ollie, the yes. little shrimp on the team, Woo! taking the equipment management really seriously. <laughs> Good job. You named you named three of the seven people on the team. Got one right. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. He's on the bench. He's texting his friends, being like, "Yo, I'm not fucking playing. Where are we going?" And Ollie goes, "We're going to my house." My parents are in Florida again. <laughs> he's got a little barn in the back. You know, the teens like to like go back there and hang out. And the best part, he's got a PS3. <laughs> Ooh. And they just go over. They start playing. Gene Hackman comes by. He yeah. brings beer. It's just Ollie's house, baby. We're going to Ollie's. Yeah. All right. I like it. Okay. Makes sense. So good, good answer. It was Ollie's. Yeah. Uh, true or false? 1950s basketball was played in slow motion. True. That's why they only scored 40 points. Yep. Yeah, I think it's true. I mean, if you took the fastest, best player from the 50s, they wouldn't even make like a D team now. They'd, they'd be so slow and sucky. So in comparison to today's game, they are playing in slow motion. Yeah. Accurate. That's, Accurate. That's true. Good answer. Yep. Uh, Gene Hackman holds his notorious playbook in his hand, slapping it from time to time out of frustration. You might see that maybe during the practice in the beginning and certainly during the championship game. What is he really holding? So this would be me if I was a coach. Like I'd be the guy breaking a clipboard over my head and spit screaming in the ref's yeah. face. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know, but I am a passionate man. So you're I saying that the playbook it. isn't really a playbook? No, it is not. Okay. It, I would say then that it's a list of all the people that he served with in the Navy who were killed. And he uses that as motivation because he, you know, they're gone, but he gets to live above ground. Uh, I think it's either that or it's a black book of all the vaginas that he's moistened <laughs> with his overarching manliness. Do you think that of that list of, of people that served in the army or in the Navy with him, you think he reads them all out loud in bed every night? <laughs> just like them? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think this is a like a movie trivia type of thing. And I think those uh, that's like the script. That's his lines from when they were <laughs> recording the movie, because obviously Gene Hackman is a famously hard actor to work with because of his early onset Alzheimer's. <laughs> sure. Uh, both were very good answers. They are, in fact, his divorce papers. So he was married. Uh, his divorce papers. So whenever he's slapping those divorce papers over and over, gotcha. he's reminded he needs to accomplish something so he can see his uh, son on Christmas and, and have something to brag about. And now he coaches other other people's sons. Gotcha. So know, but he's reminded to get back to his son. Does he have gotcha. nudes and Miss Fleener kind of like sprinkled in there too? <laughs> it's It's her... In like a heavy dress, and that turns him on. <laughs> Dude, that woman wears a nightgown over a bikini. <laughs> Barbara Hershey, she is a love interest, and she's just constantly bumping into him. Just bumping, which is what? Come on, watch where you're going over here. But she becomes a bit of a love interest. Gene Hackman does kiss her. Where do they make out? They definitely make out on the wooden centrifugal force ride at the Riverside Amusement Park in Indianapolis. Oh, God, that's hot. I think that he takes her to the basement to fuck. Uh, (laughs) As somebody who has lost their virginity in their friend's basement while their friend was sleeping on the floor nearby, I can say (laughs) in full confidence that it is not a great idea to do. Uh, It's musty, like sound gets trapped in a weird way. And you're underground. Like nobody wants to have sex where the worms are at. But before Hackman puts his balls in her hoop, I think that he takes her to a Dairy Queen to watch other teens eat ice cream like creeps. Oh, 
<laughs> oh, tasty freeze. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good one. Uh, truthful answer. They make out in the woods. Just a random stupid, lot of woods. Stupid. Yeah, they Indiana. take a walk in the woods and then they make out. All right. Indiana. Do we see them do anything else but kiss later on in the movie? I can make a joke answer, but no. <laughs> okay. No, I don't. That's why in this movie, people are always like, it's a bit uncomfortable because you're like, mm. yeah, you know, like there is tension. They keep seeing each other. They're they're growing through this process together. He's winning. She's kind of helping him, guiding him. Very critical. And then they just go for a walk in the woods. She reminds him. Oh, can I tell you? Can I tell you why he's starting over? Yeah, yeah, go for it. He did hit one of his players. He punched one of his players in uh, on another team that he coached, and it put him out of the game forever. Obviously, you cannot hit somebody's other child. Uh, you know, close his fist. <laughs> you know, you miss a layup in the first quarter, you're getting punched. <laughs> you're gonna get clocked. You're gonna get knocked out. You're gonna get clocked by Hackman. You won't make that mistake again. If a coach wears a leather jacket, make the layup. Just make the yeah. layup. Um, so she reminds him in the woods, she reminds him of the details and he takes a pause. They talk about it a little bit and then they make out. Yeah. Remember that time when you ruined your life and had to go into the Navy? Let's make out. (laughs) Speaking of punching that boy, why don't you punch my tonsils with your toe? (laughs) Gross. Dude. She's like, Hackman, why do you smell? Why do you taste like cigarettes? (laughs) Jesus. Okay, here's another question for you. What is Gene Hackman listening to in that Ford when he's pulling into town for the first time? Yeah, um, so I looked at popular music in 1951, and it's based on you know all my other feels for the movie. I am confident that it is Too Young by Nat King Cole. Oh, nice. So I I like that you did research, Dave. But here's the thing: like we're in the 50s now, but he was in college in like the 30s or like late 20s. So from what I know, most people don't like music that's current. Like, I'm not out here jamming out to fucking BTS and Cardi B on don't my Walkman. Like you, you, uh, most people listen to music that they enjoyed at the age of like 10 to 25. Yeah, but because, that's because music had had gotten good. No, Was I don't think that's good why. In the 20s? Mm. It doesn't matter if the music's good or not. It has nothing to do with the quality of the music. It has to do with the fact that you're making memories at that time between 10 and 25. You tie the music to that. Anytime when you're 25 and older, you're doing shitty ass crap like going to work every day. So you don't like you're not connecting with that music because you're connecting it with bad shit that you're doing. So that's why you like music from from your past. So he's going to be listening to something from the 20s. So I'm talking, he's jamming out to some Louis Armstrong, which really makes the town folk angry. Did you just call him Louis? Yeah, it's Louis Armstrong. <laughs> no one calls him Louis. You're the worst. <laughs> he's a black man that plays a trumpet or some sort of metal instrument. And you can't be doing that in Indiana. Like, you... you Drive down the street with your windows down, blasting some Louis Armstrong. Can't be playing that there black folk music down here. These parts. I mean, that black man playing that horn with his black lips. Wonderful world. All right. Not in my town, mister. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. Nailed it. That's not the real answer, though. Well, what's the real answer? White snake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, should have known. Dude, this that's guy's obvious. cruising into town. Dude, he got an earlier release on the album. He goes, let me give this yeah. a shot. <laughs> He's cruising through, to your point, past the Dairy Queen. He's rolling those windows down. He's got Whitesnake, David Coverdale, <laughs> blasting those vocals. These girls don't know what to think. They can't tell if it's their long-lost father coming through town or their new love, okay? <laughs> mm-hmm. Whitesnake. That makes sense. Beautiful. Yeah. Where did Gene Hackman get his leather jacket? 
Hiroshima, Japan. <laughs> when he was in the Navy. All right. Mm-hmm. I said a Salvation Army because he's a high school basketball coach and teacher in Indiana, no less. Like, you can't buy that thing at Woolworths like a prince. That's a Salvation Army find. He was in the Navy during World War II. Yeah. At the end of World War II. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a leather jacket, not a fucking Navy bomber. No, so not at all. I mean, it, you would think like he would take the time. Well, I'm going to get this. I'm going to have it for the rest of my life. It's a nice quality jacket. Speaking of the Navy, he got it at uh, Old Navy, Black Friday. Did he, he, did, dude, Gene Hackman, if you watch this movie, he's up early. Yeah. He wakes up so early. It's always dark out, and then he's playing basketball or coaching basketball till it's dark out again. He strikes me as someone who would be pretty frugal. He's frugal. Mm-hmm. And this is before Black Friday started like now. He'd wake up the day after Thanksgiving. He's got no family. He's got nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. Got a nice little deal on a, a leather jacket from Old Navy. Gotta love it. But the yeah. kids don't know it. He just tells them whatever they want. They don't know. Used to modern fashion. Yeah. Are you guys learning more about this movie as we go through? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> the lot truth of, of the movie. <laughs> yeah. I understand why you love it so much. Okay. Last question. The Hoosiers score inspires me very much. I really love that soundtrack. I will listen to soundtracks from time to time. Various movies, very popular movies. Ones that we all know. I like scores. Have I ever scored to the Hoosiers soundtrack? And it's coming out of a Bluetooth speaker. And it beeps because I turned that Bluetooth speaker all the way up. You know it's, <laughs> you know it's turned all the way up. That thing yeah. beeps. It goes, it's all the way up. <laughs> so before you would ask this, I had seen on the film's Wikipedia that the official soundtrack didn't come out until 2012. Now, knowing some facts about you, Brad, I did know that you'd be out of college by then. And unless you were knocking boots to the fucking bootleg European version that's been on cassette since the 80s, I, I think you have too much respect to have scored to this soundtrack. Now, I personally have never put on music specifically to fuck to. I don't know. Maybe there happened to be music on. And I, I know that highlights my whiteness, but I feel like I'd be too distracted with music in the background. Like, how am I supposed to come with Tony Braxton in my ear? Unbreak my heart. I can't come to that. It's sure. not happening. Well, no one sure. can. That's why no one listens to that during sex. But you're not taking into consideration that it wasn't just the soundtrack that he was fucking to, but he had the movie going in the background. That could have been happening all this time. Uh, 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 uh. I think, obviously, you have. It's the perfect temporal. You better be wearing those shiny gold shorts. And the whole time, (laughs) I'd assume you just, once you climax, you jump on the bed like Dennis Hopper. Like, (laughs) for sure. It's funny, because I am very much into role play. So I I will (laughs) often play a Gene Hackman type. I got I, I got waste I got wasted on Bud Light Orange and, and played Dennis Hopper's character. Yeah, I could do night. that. I've done it all. <laughs> you know, sometimes I like meet like a you know like a really like lively like beautiful young girl. I'm like, can you just tone it down like Barbara Hershey a little bit? Can you just <laughs> I'm tell me you I'm to put bum? on this suit jacket? <laughs> yeah, and this yeah. long skirt. Can you wear a coat while we do it? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> so the answer is. One hundred and ninety-five percent. No. Why? I make love to white snake. <laughs> yeah, okay. I, mean, I thought that was included because that's what he was, he was listening to in the car. <laughs> Barbara Hershey gets bored during white snakes. <laughs> white, white snake. Not, white, white snakes. snakes. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So those are all my questions. I don't think you learned any more about the real movie. But which one of us won? Yeah, I'm not a big fan of being like, you both won. 
But for this case, I might say it's a tie. I I, I will take a tie on this one. It's a, it's a fitting way to end our first season. Now, mm-hmm. are you going to watch the rest of the movie or not? And that's fine if you don't. I probably will. Give it a give it a skim. Give it a skim. That's true. All right, I'm in. You watch sold it. me. Watch it. <laughs> All right, Brad. Super appreciate you coming on. As you said, we didn't really learn a whole lot more about Hoosiers, but that's okay. We very rarely learn anything about Sometimes anything. it's about the journey and not about the destination. And that's what I need to learn to like about sports movies. My final pitch on this movie is sometimes movies enter your life at a certain time. And you can't escape the connection you have with them. This movie specifically came into my life when I was riding the bench in high school, playing basketball, but I associated with it. And I liked it very much. The story does inspire. There are some twists and turns. The characters redeem themselves. You end up rooting for this team. It's hard to go to the end and just see them win, obviously. There are certain parts of this movie that, that make you reflect on. These characters are all struggling, and they come together, and they win. And it's a fun little journey. I, I, I think it's a great sports movie. I don't know why I had to say all that, but I just love it. I really do love this movie. <laughs> oh, by the way, by the way, the reason why I picked this movie is it is, in my opinion, a wonderful fall movie. Because basketball starts this time of year. You have the, obviously, you see parts of Indiana, the cornfields, the low sunsets. Clearly, they're past daylight savings time. It's a good fall movie. Don't watch it in the summer or in the spring. So if you are going to watch this, if you are listening, check it out before Christmas. I would say before Christmas. Don't watch it on Christmas, or that's another thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a whole other thing. Excellent. Well, that those are some strong words for this movie, so I, I think I need to do it now. Yep. Yeah, check it out. Brad, it was a pleasure. Before you go, any last words, anything you want to pitch here, or should people just Google Brad Howe? And that's how with an E at the end. Sure. Okay, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's at Brad Howe Comedy. If you'd like to visit my website, it is www.thebradhow.com. There's a famous Brad Howe who makes shitty art. So it's thebradhow.com. <laughs> no, he's actually really famous and rich. And then <laughs> there is a, uh, and uh, if you want to go to YouTube, because I have some videos on there, just type in Brad Howe comedy. Once again, you type in Brad Howe, you'll get all this other guy's stuff. Other than that, that's just, I like to put out videos. I got a short coming up. I'm excited about it. I don't know. It'll be up there somewhere. I love your feedback. Beautiful. Brad, once again, really thank you for being here. Very funny. It was a great time. Thanks to both of you. Good luck with the rest of your... Uh... Lives. Yeah. <laughs> what would you say? With life. The rest of our lives. Good luck yeah. with life. Well, that was a blast. There it was. Hoosiers in its glory. Yes. And thanks again for Brad Howe for stopping by. Always a treat when we have a guest. Very funny, man. Now, David, this is our season one finale. We're not going to tell you what's going to happen next episode like normal, but we will say when the next episode comes out. We are going to release a fun little exciting extra bonus episode for you on the 2nd of December when the normal two weeks would have fallen. So be subscribed. And season two is going to debut on December 9th. Yes, it is. So the best way to keep track of everything we're doing We say it a million times, but follow us on the social media platforms. Instagram is the main one. That's where we do most of our work. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, the other ones have some special things, too. Yeah, 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 yeah. Instagram's where it's at. But we'll post it everywhere. So wherever you want to look at it, it will be. It will. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, feedback, hit us up at thecentercutcast at gmail.com. We would love it. And I think 
I think that's it. There's no fitting way to end a finale. So let's just pretend it's a regular episode, Dave. Okay. Like the way Sleepaway Camp has made everything pedophilic for me. It's always better in the center. <laughs> <laughs>